Now stretch your leg to the right, stretch your leg to the left, stretch your left arm, stretch your right arm, and now y'all sit down, all right? And as I was saying, and he'd keep right on uh, preaching, and he said, honestly, I'm not doing that for none of you. He said, my wife, back hurt, he said, for some time, so I'm doing that for her, and, and so forth. But he'd go right on to preaching. Amen. It was a blessing. It was a blessing. Uh, I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer. And you can be seated. We're not going to be anything disrespectful to the Word of God. I want to read a rather lengthy passage of Scripture. And, uh, and you, you'll be able to be seated. But I want you to uh, pray for me. And uh, as a precious message tonight. And we think about, we think about the thoughts tonight that uh, the Lord laid upon our heart. I believe I got the mind of the Lord tonight. And um, I appreciate the messages, amen, that was already preached. I want to say already, I want to say thank you to the, to the church. Thank you, Pastor, for the honor of sharing your pulpit. And, uh, but I want to thank you to the ladies who worked in the kitchen and every single person who sacrificed and made this meeting possible, those who gave, those every part that was. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a blessing when you can come to this church. Uh, you don't hear complaining. You don't see frowns. You don't see disgruntled people. You don't see folks that, well, I have to do this. Amen. Everybody's smiling just for the glory of God. And, uh, and I'm thankful for this pastor, thankful for this church, thankful for his stand, his convictions. I'm so thankful for it, a place to come. It's rare. If I go to a meeting, uh, I want to be there from the, from the first prayer. I want to be the last one to leave the parking lot. And that, that's usually how I am. And, uh, but we had a busy week and wasn't able to get here. Lots of good preaching here. I, I, I always look forward to hearing and, uh, and listening to. And so I want you to pray for me as I pray and uh, let's, uh, we'll look to the Word of God tonight. Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus, and I thank you, Lord, for the precious honor and privilege to stand behind your sacred desk. Dear God, I know I'm nothing, Lord, and never could I do anything without you. I ask you tonight, Lord Jesus, to move me aside and magnify yourself. Lord, I pray you'd show yourself strong, dear Lord, tonight on behalf of your precious people. I pray you'd feed your sheep tonight, Lord. I, uh, God, I ask you, please, as I... Uh, Lord, cry out to you, just dearly help, Lord. For, Lord, I realize, dear God, I'm but a vessel. And, Lord, without you putting something on the inside, I'd have nothing to say on the outside. I ask you to feed your sheep tonight. I pray that, Lord, if there be a lost soul in this place, may you save the soul near as hell. May you bring the wayward home. And, God, again, for that which you do, will not fail to give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. We ask all this in the precious, sweet, holy name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated. If you got your Bible there in 1 Kings chapter 10, uh, there we'll start in verse number 1. And I want to read through the chapter, but I want you to listen to these 29 verses and listen to the context here. What we have in this passage of Scripture is a fulfillment of the previous text in 1 Kings and chapter 3. If you're familiar with the book of Kings, you'll find in 1 Kings chapter 3, uh, here the Lord is going to appear unto Solomon in a dream. In that chapter, matter of fact, in chapter 3, let me just read this portion. Some of you may know it. And in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And, and God said, ask what I shall give thee. By the way, that ain't something special that God had done for Solomon. That's something he has asked for you and me. Friend, he said to call upon me. Amen. And he said he'll show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Didn't our God tell us, friend, ask and it shall be given unto you. Praise the Lord. Isn't that what the Lord said? He promises. He told us that you'd come and ask, believe and amen. In my name, he said, I'll give it to you. That's the promise of Scripture. 
We find that here in the precious truth of God's holy word in verse number 6 and Solomon said thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee and thou hast kept for him this great kindness uh, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne and it is as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant. By the way, I like this. You know, Solomon all through this time, he refers to his daddy as a servant. He refers to himself as a servant. Friend, his dad was the king, amen. He is now the king, and he recognized who is God and who is in authority, and I am only a servant. He says, I am only a servant. Notice here, instead of David, my father, I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or to come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this thy so great a people. And the speech be pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him because thou hast asked this thing as and hast not asked for thyself long life neither hast asked riches for thy sake uh, for thyself nor hast asked the life of thine enemies but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment behold now watch this I have done according to thy words lo I have given thee a wise and understanding heart so that there was none like thee before thee uh, neither after thee shall any rise like unto thee and I have also notice this Lord said he's by the way Ephesians 3.20 he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we even ask or think amen and that's what the Lord is doing said you've asked this I'm going exceedingly abundantly above amen look at verse 13 he said I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked both riches and honor so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days and if thou wilt walk in uh, my ways to keep the statutes and my uh, commandments as thy father David did uh, then I will lengthen thy days uh, in verse number 15 and Solomon I, I ought not read this text right here and Solomon awoke amen I, I just feel something on that I want to deal with that awoke business amen and take care of that listen this today and this age and what's going on with all this awoke business friend you need to guard the purity of your children praise the Lord you need to do that would you flip over get back over there in that text let me get off of that and deal with the text what I want to deal with and look at the queen of Sheba uh, here coming to visit Solomon I'm preaching on this thought he's everything that you've heard he's everything that you have heard we find in this text this is the fulfillment of what the Lord has done it is rather it is proof it is evidence uh, here of what that the Lord had answered the prayer of Solomon and when the queen of Sheba verse number one of chapter 10 
heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. She came to prove him, you ought to underscore those words, with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train. By the way, that wasn't Union Pacific either. And, and with camels that bear spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers and his accent by which he went up unto the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And verse number 6, And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Friend, I got news for you. There's coming another breathtaking arrival. Amen. Uh, listen, I want to tell you one day, we're going to all get to glory. We're going to get before the Lord. Amen. Uh, listen, I'm telling you, she came before an earthly king and she's seen the throne of an earthly king. She's seen, uh, my friend, the reign of a land and the riches of an earthly king. But I want to tell you something. What a day it's going to be when we stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Look in verse number 7. How be it, I believe not the words until I came mine eyes had seen it and behold the half of it was not told me thy wisdom and prosperity exceeding the fame which I heard happy are thy men happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee and that hear thy wisdom blessed the Lord blessed be the Lord thy God which delighted in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel Israel, watch this text, because the Lord loved Israel, how long, friend? Forever, amen. Amen, I'm, I kind of listen, Brother Samuel, I don't believe God's done with this forever business, amen. I don't think he put an end to this forever business. He said, therefore made he thee king to do judgment and justice. How about that, that God loved a people so much that he gave them a king, like Solomon, amen. Verse 10, and she gave the king 120 talents of gold. She gave, by the way, that's measured in tons, that amount of gold. It was tons of gold that she gave. And precious stones, by the way, those stones came in tons also. There came no more such abundance of spices. By the way, that ain't your little McCormick shaker either. Amen. An abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. And the navy also of Hiram that brought gold from Ophir brought in from Ophir great plenty of almig trees and precious stones and the king made of the almig trees pillars for the house of the Lord and for the king's house harps also of psalteries for singers. And there came no such almig trees nor were seen unto this day. And King Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba all her desire whatsoever she asked beside that which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. She, so she turned and went to her own country. She 
and her servants. Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was six hundred three score and six talents of gold. Somebody said that's equivalent to thirty two thousand pounds of gold that came to Solomon in one year. I, I don't know about you. We talk about gold in ounces. Amen. Uh, uh, thirty two thousand pounds. Uh, of gold, amen, that came to him. In verse number 16, And King Solomon made 200 targets of beaten gold, 600 shekels of gold went to one target, and he made 300 shields of beaten gold, 3 pounds of gold went to one shield, and the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. By the way, these shields wasn't for the armies for battles and, and fighting, because you know gold is very soft. It wouldn't protect you from anything. These were for parading. These were for the pomp, if you would, of, of the times of when the people of, of the king, my friend, went out before the people to show his royalty and how wealthy he was. In verse number 18, Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and overlaid it with the best gold. And the throne had six steps and the and the top of the throne was round behind and there were stays on either side on the place of the seat. Two lions stood beside the stays and twelve lions stood there on the one side and on the other uh, upon the six steps and there was not the like made in any kingdom. And all King Solomon's drinking vessels were of gold and all the vessels of the house and of forests of Lebanon were of pure gold. None were of silver it was nothing accounted of in the days of Solomon for the king had at sea a navy of Tharshish with the navy of Hiram once in three years came the navy of Tharshish bringing gold and silver ivory and apes and peacocks I think kind of a poor selection there but verse 23 so King Solomon exceeded all the kings of the earth for riches and for wisdom and all the earth sought to, sought to Solomon uh, to hear his wisdom which God had put in his heart. And they brought every man his present vessels of silver, vessels of gold and garments and armor and spices, horses and mules and, and rate year by year. And Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen and, and he had a thousand and four hundred chariots and twelve thousand horsemen uh, whom he bestowed in the cities for chariots and with the king at Jerusalem. And the king made silver to be in Jerusalem as stones and cedar made he to be as the sycamore trees that are in the veil for abundance. He said Solomon was, if you would, he was filthy rich. Amen. Is what he's trying to say. In verse 28, And Solomon had horses brought out of Egypt and linen yarn, and the king's merchants received the linen yarn at a price. And a chariot came up and went out of Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. And so... For all the kings of the Hittites and for the kings of, the, of Syria did they bring them out by their means. The fame of Solomon had spread everywhere. 
It had spread all over the world in that day. This right here is a direct fulfillment or rather a proof text that God is the God of His Word. As a matter of fact, the Scripture says there in chapter 8 and verse number 54, And it was so that when Solomon had made an end of praying all this prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he arose from before the altar from kneeling uh, from his knees. Excuse me, that's the wrong text. Let me turn one more passage in chapter 8 and verse number 22. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or in earth beneath who keepeth covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart who hast kept with thy servant David my father that thou hast promised him thou spakest also with thy mouth and hast fulfilled it with thine hand as it is uh, uh, this day. The scripture says that amen there has none of the word of God if you read that text ever failed. God's word has never failed. Everything he has ever said has been fulfilled. Amen. And here we find this proof. My friend that he is everything he's ever that you've ever heard. Listen, word of mouth spread. The, this is before uh, of social media in that day. Friend, can you imagine something spreading this fast without Facebook? Amen. This is before, uh, uh, listen, to any kind of social media of any type. I mean, some of you say, well, it's way back there. It might have been around the telegraph, amen. No, I don't think the telegraph was around then. There, there was not a telephone uh, then. There might have been telewoman or something, but... I don't, I don't think anything has topped that one yet, uh, nevertheless, to make news spread pretty fast. I, I don't know about that. I think, I think preachers spread it faster than, than anybody else, and that's the truth, amen. The Queen of Sheba, she hears of Solomon's splendor. She hears of Solomon's grandeur. She hears of all of his power. She hears, my, he hears, my friend, of all of his wisdom. And her thirst for this wisdom, her hunger and desire to see, is it real? Is it just as I have been told? I've got to go find out for myself. What we see, first of all, I want to show you is there is a royal visit, friend, by a queen. A royal visit uh, by a queen. Think about it, if you would, if we, as we read the context of the, uh, of the chapter here. We read this content. I want you to, I hope you saw, my friend, all the gold. I, thought, I want you to see, my friend, everything that Solomon had had. I want you to know, my friend, this queen, as she had come, and, and the train, a very great train, the scripture says, uh, that came. Can can you imagine this queen as she traveled to see Solomon? Now don't lose me here. Think about it just for a minute. I mean, where is Sheba? Somebody said, told as I studied for this. Uh, listen, it's near Arabia. It's around Yemen. Uh, my friend, listen, she took this journey. This journey was over 1,200 miles. You understand? A 1,200 plus mile journey. Uh, let me ask you, if you was about to go on a 1,200 mile journey, would you just get up and do that in the morning? Or would it take some planning? Would it take some time? You bear with me and think about this. You think about, my friend, this journey that she's about to take. Uh, my friend, you think about how far she's about to travel. She has got thousands.
thousands upon thousands of pounds of gold, thousands upon thousands of pounds of spices, thousands upon thousands of pounds of precious stones. My friend, this is a queen uh, here. You find that as she has traveled, uh, listen, you see her train, you see the soldiers, you see those who come to guard, my friend, the possessions that she had. You see this great caravan of the queen, friend. She's traveling through blazing sun, through burning sand, through, my friend, what we would say a boring desert, guarding against bandits, friend, and thinking about this. Not only did she make this trip 1,200 miles, some say that it possibly took her a matter of months to plan this. Some say, listen, the trip alone took several months to travel, possibly even a couple years to make this trip. I don't know that, but her train was so big because they had to take water with them. They had to take food uh, with them. There was preparation made for some great time before she went on this. Listen, for a great distance you could see the cloud hovering over the desert as she made her way. You could see it for a long while. You could see the caravan of camels beginning to come. You could see the donkeys and things laying down with the bundles of packages over and over and over, one behind the other one. Listen, that stretched out for such a long distance. My friend, all the spices, everything that she had coming. This was a royal visit making to Solomon. This was not something little by any means. But her trip was a trip that was for a purpose. She came, the scripture said, to prove him. To prove him. To prove what she had heard. To prove, to see, was it real, friend? Is he everything that I've ever heard? Oh, can I help you, friend, tonight? I want to ask you something. Is the Lord everything you've ever heard tonight, friend? Is he real to you tonight? Friend, I want to tell you something. We're living in a day where there is so much going through the motion on a Sunday morning. We put on our facade, friend, that we come into the church. Friend, we sing the hymns that we know by heart, friend. Uh, we sing by my friend, by our mind and, and by our lips, but our heart is so far from Him. I want to tell you something tonight, friend, that we need to get back to letting God be real in our lives. Can I ask you, is He everything that you've ever heard? Listen, when you read your Bible, is He everything that you've ever heard really in your life? Friend, are you just reading pages like you was to read the newspaper? Are you just reading and flipping pages like you would go through a magazine or through a novel or through a book, friend? I want to ask you something. Have you proved God real in your life tonight? Have you proved God to be everything that He's ever said tonight? Friend, I want to tell you we can take a testimony a time from some in this sanctuary and they can testify of times when God has showed up in His realness, my friend, of His person, of His power, friend, and He has showed Himself strong on their behalf. But I want to ask you, friend, tonight, what about you? Has God been proven that every He is everything that He's ever said He was? That He is everything that you ever heard in your own personal life or your own personal prayer life, friend? Is He who He's said he was. You say, friend, I don't know if we should do that or if we should talk about proving God. Well, let me just give you a passage of scripture in the book of Malachi. In chapter 3 over there, the scripture said, the Lord said, friend, prove me. Prove 
me, the Lord said. I realize the text and in its context, it's talking about the tithe. It's talking about the offering. It's talking about what God has given to you that you might return back and give to Him. But I want to tell you something. Uh, that deal of stewardship is not just a matter of money and my friend, not just a matter of the talent, friend. But what about in your time? Or what about, friend, I'm talking about in your love and your adoration? What about in your everyday life? What about in your family, friend, tonight? I want to ask you something. Have you proved God to be real in everything you have heard in your life? I want to ask you tonight, is He everything that you ever heard in your marriage? Husbands, I want to ask you, friend, are you being the husband that God wants you to be? Are you wife being everything that God wants? Is God real, friend? I'm talking to a young couple in our church right now. And listen, they're wanting to give it up. They're wanting to throw it away. They're saying, I'm tired of it. They're saying, we want to go this way and I want to go this way. And we're tired to do this, that, and the other. But I want to tell you something that's telling God, you're not real. Your word is not enough. God, you can't do it. Lord, this is a case you can't win. Friend, I want to tell you, we need to get sick and tired of sick and tired of making excuses. We have a world out there that's trying to see if He is everything that we've ever heard. But they're looking at your life. They're looking at your life. Has God ever proved to be in all everything they've ever heard? Oh, listen, or can I, can I just throw something to you a little bit? Friend, they see, they see a, a churches all around. We just heard just a little bit ago. Uh, friend, there's churches on every corner. Churches everywhere. They can go to church anywhere, quote-unquote church. And friend, they see emotions. They see tears. My friend, they see people pulling together. They see sincerity in people's hearts. But friend, God ain't in it. I wonder something, friend, do they see God being real and everything that they've ever heard in your life? What about in your church? If they showed up one Sunday and came in the song services we just heard about. If they came, friend, during the preaching hour, and that's where we make most emphasis. And by the way, preaching should be priority, amen. Uh, listen, we want to make an emphasis on, on the priority of preaching. But can I ask you something? If a stranger walked into this church and they just happened to walk in halfway through the message and they came in and sat through the bottom third and they got through hearing the preacher, amen, preach the saith the word of God and the invitation come about and the invitation song was being sung, I wonder if they would see a dry altar, friend. Or would they see Paul around the altar pleading and begging God? Listen, I'm talking about praying over souls and praying for the power of God even for the next service or whatever it is, friend, that is coming to do. Listen, I'm talking about people that is burdened for their families and burdened for their children. Burdened. I'm talking about your child don't have to be living like hell. I'm talking about, listen, to pray for them that they don't end up there, friend. Listen to me tonight. Is God being proved that He's everything they've ever heard? Oh, listen. She hungered for wisdom. It wouldn't be something. Uh, listen, wouldn't it be something that if we knew what she was going to ask? Listen, there's not only a royal visit. I spent too long there, but there's a rebuke that we need to note. There's a rebuke uh, to a crowd that we need to note concerning this text. You can find it in the New Testament, by the way. You can find it from the mouth of our very Savior. Look in Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 is a hurry there. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 42. You are to mark this text. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 42. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 42. Look what the Word of God says. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it 
For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And notice this text. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Are you with me during this text? You understand that God, God saying on judgment day, I'm going to call this generation before me. And I'm going to call this queen of Sheba to testify before this congregation, before this generation. I'm going to say, Queen, how far did you come to see the wisdom of Solomon? How far did you travel? How long did you make preparation to go and do that? How long did it take you to get all the gold together? How long did it take you to get the spices and the stones? How long did it take you to coordinate your army and all your people? How long did it take you to get the water and the food and everything and plan the route? How long did it take you to make this journey through the hot, swelting desert and the sand? Would you just bear witness? She's going to tell. Friend, you're going to hear that. Are you hearing me? You're going to hear that testimony one day. You know what the Lord's going to say? Can I bring it fast forward to this generation? You lived right down the road from a church. But you couldn't get out of your chair to go to church that night. Oh, you, you listen, you had a church right, listen, you had a church with air conditioning, with padded pews, listen, with a, a comfort building, friend, listen, good meals. You went in a car in living room comfort to church, but you couldn't make it more than one service. Queen, could you tell us one more time how long it took you to get there? God's going to say, now there's a greater than Solomon here. Don't you figure, friend, Jesus is worth it? He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords tonight. Friend, Solomon was something great, but he wasn't great as our God. Solomon was wise, but he didn't have all the wisdom of our God. Oh, we need this rebuke today. We need this rebuke today. I say, church, we need this rebuke today. How thirsty are we for the wisdom of God? How thirsty are we? How much do we hunger for the righteousness of God in our homes and our family? How much do we want the wisdom of our Lord when our precious God in His own holy word said that His wisdom is more precious than gold? And here we find there was transition of gold from one to the other one and so much so that it became just like rocks and gravel in the, in the road. Notice the response of Solomon real quickly. I want to try to close and let you dear people go home. In verse number 3, the Bible said, And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. Solomon here had responded to her. You understand that as you read this text, she came not with just Solomon. How was it being a king's son? No, she came to Solomon with hard questions. Some have even said that she had took the wisest people from her own living. She told many of them to write riddles that would be hard even to understand. They said, we've got to test him. 
the word prove in the text, the very thought that she gives here, that he gives here in the text here, friend, is putting him to the most extreme of tests. The Bible said Solomon, the scripture said, told her all her questions. Every answer he answered. Can I say in a place of application and type, friend, tonight, that our very God friend knows every single answer to every question you got. We have a God in glory and a God in heaven who's ready and waiting on you to come. Friend, He's not waiting for you. Uh, listen, and then trying to offer you riddles, friend, tonight. But He's waiting in glory for you to come and bring your question and to bring your petitions before Him. And He's ready, friend, to give you an answer and to help you. He's ready to answer prayer. And my friend, He's ready to do it tonight if you'll just bring it. By the way, this truth also applies with the very fact that God knows every single thing about every man. The scripture says, and I ain't got time to run the references from Acts chapter 1 and John 16 and 2 Timothy 4 in places, listen, that tell us and remind us that God knows the very hearts of every man. The scripture says that while the men had sometimes when the Lord had speaking to them, uh, they talked among themselves, but the Lord already knew what was in their hearts, the scripture said. That reminds me that God knows our very thoughts. That's why the scripture is able to go as far to say even the foolish thought is sin against God. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in the judgment seat? Are you ready for the judgment seat? Listen, to appear before the almighty righteous judge, my friend, the God of glory, who's going to know your every thought, my friend, who's going to know your heart, friend, who's going to know every single hidden thing every man has ever tried to hide. Can I fast forward some just a little bit and we look to verse number 4 through verse number 8 and we see the report confirmed to the queen. It was confirmed. The queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he built talked about the mead, those servants, the attendants that was there, their apparel, the cupbearers, everything that was in, in, in his house and in his surrounding and there was no more spirit in her. That means she, she was breathless. She had no words. She had nothing to say. She, she, she was without speech. She couldn't. She, she was just at all, if you would, at all Solomon had had. The Bible said in verse number 6, she said to the king, it was true. It was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came and mine eyes had seen it. Behold, the half was not told me thy wisdom and prosperity exceeding the fame which I heard. And she talked about the happiness of his servants. They wasn't serving under hardship under the pop of a whip. They was with joy serving their king because they loved their king. Oh friend, tonight this ain't hard preaching. Can I tell you, friend, she's breathless, she's speechless. Can I remind you what it's going to be like? When we said, it just takes some time tonight before you go to bed and read Revelation chapter 1. Get over there and read the description of heaven. Get over there in the book of Revelation and read the description of the throne of God and what it's going to be like. What it's going to be like. Friend, I want to tell you something. You're not going to be running around. Shouting and jumping up and down will be as John fall on her face is dead. 
But as you look at the heavenly host, they're glorifying and magnifying and worshiping God around His throne, serving Him and saying, He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. You're going to be without speech. You're going to say the half has not been. You're going to say it's greater than I've ever heard. As you see the cherubims and the seraphims like we've never imagined, friend. As we see that angel, that heavenly host surrounding him. Can I tell you, church, tonight, as you look at one of the greatest sights, Brother Samuel, I don't know if we'll see it like this, but I'm looking forward to see as I read, as Charles Spurgeon described one day in a message, he said, I think one of the sweetest pictures and one of the most glorious sights we're going to see in heaven, friend, as the Lord Jesus sitting there at the right hand of the Father and the Father looks over there at the Son and smiles being well pleased. Friend of the worship uh, because His obedience and His desire to fulfill the will of the Father. I want to tell you something. Jesus is honored and glorified. I want to tell you it's going to be something as our dear preacher preached last night. It's going to, I'm telling you the cherubims and the seraphim. Listen, all them that worship the heavenly host that is there. It's going to be something. But I want to tell you there's not going to be anything putting a grin on our dear Savior's face as the Father looks over there and being smiling saying well done. Her report was confirmed. I need you to turn to a passage of Scripture real quick. Turn to John chapter 20. Turn to John chapter 20. Turn to John chapter 20. Is it everything you've ever heard? In John chapter 20, you know the text, I'm sure, in verse 25. In verse number 24, let's look in John 20, verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. By the way, he missed church that night too. Verse 25, the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the prints of the nails, and put my finger unto the, the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were with him and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believe. Oh, don't stop right there. Let's continue. Look in verse 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Oh, but listen, it gets gooder. Look at the next verse. Look at verse 29. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Amen. Can I tell you tonight, I want to tell you physically with my own eyes and with my feet, I've never been before the throne room of glory. I'm supposed to go to June 13th to Israel and see some things where my precious Savior had walked and where the, the Lord has showed up for many in that precious place. But I want to tell you something tonight. I don't have to go in a tomb to see if it's empty, friend, tonight. For I have a book, friend. I have a record. Can I say again? I have the written record, friend. The fulfillment, listen, a more 
world. Friend, I've not walked the street of glory, but I want to tell you it's real tonight. I got good news from heaven for you. This book is sure, and it needs to be enough for you tonight. I want to tell you he's everything that I've ever heard. Oh, can I tell you again as I testify of my own family, you've heard, some of you have, but I want to tell you something. God's grace is real and it's manifold blessing. It's real and it's timeliness and showing up to help you, friend, when you're down. It'll pick you up, friend, and strengthen you for today and carry you the distance of the journey. I want to tell you it's everything that I've ever heard. Can I tell you tonight, friend, the reference, the reverence for God that is shown in the text. If you see over here in 1 Kings in chapter 10 and verse number 9, you'll find here that the queen of Sheba, after seeing and experiencing everything that was there before Solomon, notice her testimony. Blessed be the Lord thy God which delighted in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel. And boy, I like this because the Lord loved Israel. Boy, isn't that something? Not just he loved Israel, but can I say he loved Israel forever. I'm telling you, listen, the reverence for God. How did she get this reverence for God? She got this reverence for God by reading the reality of Him in the life and testimony of another. Brother Russell, my Bible says that our lives are the written epistles. That folks in this world are not necessarily going to pick up their Bible and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're going to pick up the life of Daniel Goodman. And they're going to watch old Daniel Goodman. And they're going to look at you. And they're going to see, is he everything that he's ever said he was? They're going to see, is God real? And I wonder, is there enough of the realness of God and the evidence of God in this man's life that they may say, glory to God. Glory to God. But not only seeing what God would do for me, but she noticed what God was doing for the very nation of His own people through the life of one man. Can I say tonight, that's unimaginable. Brother Samuel, I, I, I need you to help me on the text. I'm telling you, it's amazing the testimony that overflowed. My friend, the testimony that was there. I ask you tonight, listen, do you have, do you have the reality of God in your life for others to see? She said, blessed be the Lord God. Thy God. By the way, capital G God. Not little G God is other people's gods. One of many, but the one true and only living Jehovah God that delighted in thee and set thee on the throne of Israel because he loved, the, loved Israel forever. I got news for you. You know one of the greatest, the greatest testimonies to the God-denying people of this world, my friend, that God is real, is there is a nation of Israel still. The nation of Israel, friend, is an undeniable fact that there is a holy and living God and beside Him there is no other. 
I close. The king gives his riches for her very desires. The king offered his riches for her very desires. In verse 10 through verse 13, she gave the king 120 talents of gold and spices, very great, and talked about the stones and much abundance. But friend, the scripture said in verse 13, and King Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba all her desire. Are you with me tonight? Are you with me tonight? You understand, I, I believe that the queen of Sheba came with a train like we could never imagine. The Bible said a very great train. And she came, I can't imagine what it must have, how long it must have took to unload everything that she had. But can I tell you, I really believe tonight, Brother Jacob, you might, you, you might have to help me on this. I believe tonight, Pastor, that she went back with more than she came with. My Bible says the king gave her all that her heart desired. Can I tell you something? There is a precious proof text for you and me tonight in the Psalms, in the in the 37th Psalm, in verse number 4, friend, tonight, my Bible says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Can I tell you tonight, oh sure, I have brought the Lord some stuff, friend, that I have offered God uh, some things, friend, and put it in the offering plate. There were some times when I thought I really had some jingle in my pocket, and boy, I'm going to set something big in the offering plate tonight. But can I tell you something when we get to glory when we get to heaven friend when we get there before the throne room of his presence we're going to be home with more than we ever brought friend we're going home with more than we ever could imagine I want to tell you something you can't outgive God friend he's the greatest giver that's ever been known and his gifts friend are precious beyond measure and he's able tonight to give you more than your heart's desire our precious Apostle Paul said that my God is able to meet listen, all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus tonight, friend. I wonder tonight, would you come to him? Listen, and would you, uh, listen, would you desire him? Would you be so hungry and thirsty for him? Let me ask you, would the rebuke come to you tonight? You're able to get up and go to church with such ease. You're able to come before him. Listen, before his throne, in your prayer closet, in a time of a whisper, you're able to pick up his word and read it, but so often we take it for granted tonight. I ask you tonight, Will there be a call at the judgment before our generation to say, look how easy you had it. Look how easy you had it. Brother Sennett Ballou told the testimony one time about the judgment seat. He said, I hope when the judgment seat takes place, my grandfather's called before the throne. He said, I hope I'm five miles away. He said, my grandfather, he said, had rode a horse to church and preaching. He said, I remember the story told of a family 
that was there. It was snowing so hard. It comes such a hard freeze. He had to travel several miles to get to this little country church. They would always get there a little early and put some wood in the old wood stove and build it and get it warm so people could come. They was getting the church warm. One of the boys had asked, I wonder if, if preacher's going to make it. And the dad said, he'll be here. He'll be here. It got time closer for church to start and a young man said, I wonder if preacher's going to make it here. Dad said, he'll be here. He'll be here. He said, the door opened. When the door opened, the preacher walked in and his coat was covered in snow and ice. When he came in, he shook and ice and frozen icicles fell off of his coat. He said as he stepped in, undressed himself, and walked to the pulpit to preach the Word of God with his Bible. Brother Stennett said, I've covered the country from one side to the other when riding in living room comfort. He said, can I tell you something tonight? We often think, boy, we're looking forward to the rewards that we're going to get. But he said, I got news for you. There's some generations back yonder. He said that we're going to be so far in the back when we behold the sacrifices they made. Can I tell you why? Because he's more than you've ever heard. Father, we love you. We thank you for the time together. God, I pray that we get a hold of this matter tonight. That he's worthy. That he's worthy of our faithfulness. He's worthy of our adoration. He's worthy of our, Lord, loving you with all of our heart, God, loving you with all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength, dear God. Lord Jesus, may, Lord, we be willing to be faithful. God, may, be we, may, may, may we be willing, oh God, to recognize you're worthy. God, may you have your will and your way tonight in every heart. And may that soul that tonight maybe doesn't know you, may tonight be the night that the reality and the truth of salvation becomes real in their heart. The reality, dear God, that your blood is enough to forgive them and cleanse them from all sin. That God, what you have done on the cross of Calvary and your finished work and your death, burial, and resurrection is enough, dear God, to bring them new life and everlasting, dear Lord, tonight if they come to you. I want to ask you tonight, friend, if you've never been saved, would you come to Him? My Bible said that, him that, that he that cometh unto Him, He will in no wise cast out. Would you come tonight and claim His precious promise? Listen, that God said, but as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Would you come and call upon His holy name? Would you come tonight, friend, and confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead so that thou shalt be saved? Would you come tonight and let God have his will and his way in your life? Would you let go and let God? Blessed are those who have not seen with their own eyes but have heard and they've believed because God's word is true. And God's word is enough. Pastor, I